You're listening to a Behind Closed Doors podcast on 3CR 855 AM. Visit the 3CR website at 3cr.org.au forward slash Behind Closed Doors. Our podcasts are also available on iTunes and Spotify. This show is broadcast on the land belonging to the people of Kulin Nation. Behind Closed Doors 3CR pays its respect to elders past, present and emerging and acknowledges that sovereignty has never been ceded, always was and always will be Aboriginal land. You have tuned in to 3CR's program Behind Closed Doors. This program explores all topics related to sex work. We give sex workers and allies a comfortable space to share their experiences. We also appreciate questions from the general public. Behind Closed Doors aim to uncover what the sex industry is really like. Our program exists to bridge the gaps. Please be mindful, this program is not suitable for little years as there may also be explicit language use. Please email us at bcd3cr at gmail.com. Welcome to another episode of Behind Closed Doors, Australia's only sex work radio show. Today we have a very exciting news. Dick Cream has passed in Victoria. That actually happened last Thursday evening. So tonight, we'll be joining uh, Fiona Patton, um, the Reason Party. She's been, she and her team has been working really, really hard uh, from inside parliaments. And Matthew, a spokesperson from Sex Book Law Reform Victoria, and he also has been working really hard outside advocating with activists and lobbying MPs. Welcome, Fiona and Matthew to Behind Closed Doors. Thank you so much for the both of you for making time to talk about the next steps now that Decrim has passed in Victoria. We apologize for the technical glitch, but here is Fiona's and Matthew's interview. But, you know, good things come to those who wait. And, and what we have now is really good legislation that has been developed through consultation with sex workers, developed through consultation with allies and developed through consultation with other with other bodies, so health experts, legal experts, um, planning experts, etc. But you know, the, the voice of sex workers has been at the heart of this of this legislation. And effectively what we have done and, and Parliament does not get to do this very often, but we've taken a law off the statute books. We have repealed a law. Now, mm. I would suggest, you know, that Parliament should do this a lot more often. We should be getting rid of laws. We seem to make a lot of laws. And there should actually be probably, you know, weeks put aside to remove laws. But in this case, what we've done is we have actually removed a law, a law that was out of date and out of touch, a law that, you know, discriminated against people, set people up to become criminals and perpetrated not only discrimination and stigma, but also in many ways perpetrated violence or enabled enabled violence to occur. And what, um, through the work of people like Matthew, Cheryl Overs, 
you know, through the numerous people that we probably could spend the whole program just listing, um, we now have legislation. Well, we now have repealed a law and uh, and taken treated sex work just as that. Hmm. You know, and it will be treated like any other work. It will it will be protected and regulated by reg- workplace safety laws, by planning laws, by health laws, by the kind of regulations that any other worker in this state can expect to be regulated and protected with. So it's a really grand day and this legislation very much is Victorian and I hope starts us on a pathway that we will see the position of sex work in our society the way that sex work is seen and treated in our society change fundamentally. You know, we, I, 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 you know, I'm, I'm an optimist at heart, but I'm really optimistic that, that what we can do here and the way that we have worked towards changing this will mean that, that the changes will be permanent and they will be positive. And we still have a lot of work to do, but we are... We're going to fundamentally change the way our society sees sex workers and the way that, and we will, I I hope, eradicate the stigma and discrimination that all sex workers have experienced at one time in their life. Hmm. And Matthew, do you have anything to say? Um, I know you've been working really hard with this. Um, Yeah, we would like to hear from you as well. Yeah, of course. And, and Sasha, thanks for having me on, on the show. I recall Fiona being on your show, I think it was twice before mm-hmm. uh, in previous years. And you, you've had other MPs as well talking. So you've really been you know, a big part of this story. Yeah. I guess uh, when you said, what does it mean for sex workers? What I want the sex workers' wishes, I'm sure what I want, I think Fiona wants is, I want a sex worker to be able to walk down the street or walk to a party or a friend's house and be able to say with pride, openly, yes, my job is a sex worker and I'm proud of what I do. Yeah. And I don't want them to have to be able to feel any shame or embarrassment when they say that. Mm. And one of the steps to achieving that, that goal is to remove the stigma that comes from laws that tell most sex workers that they are criminals because of the activities associated with their job. And so that is one of the things I think this bill helps to achieve. It helps us to move to a place where sex workers can think of themselves and be treated like equal members of society. Mm-mm-mm. Yeah, we definitely have come a long way. I mean, sex work has been stigmatised for a very long time. And I think it's, it's going to be a lot of work as well to get out of this uh, stigma even though we've been legalised here as well. People are still not confident or even um, comfortable telling people that they're sex workers. Um, I hope being decriminalised in Victoria can change people's perspective about sex workers. And yeah, I mean, why hate if you can love, right? (laughs) (laughs) Sex work is work. And it's it's, it's, it's the longest uh, 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 profession in the world. And, um, I think it's a really important yeah. point, Sasha, and I think it's something that, you know, it, it's what set, it, it does set, it's what sets some of the Victorian legislation apart from other jurisdictions. Because um, apart from the ACT, 
we're the only jurisdiction that has a Charter of Human Rights. Mm-hmm. And so as part of this reform, the, the, the bill also included um, protections for sex workers in the Charter of Human Rights. So now, it, it now the Charter now protects people from being discriminated against on the grounds of their occupation, trade or calling. Mm. And we, we've seen this being really positively and proactively used in the ACT, which is the only other jurisdiction that has similar pr- protections. And, and I think, you know, that look, it doesn't, it helps change attitudes. You know, we, we know that racism still exists in our community, but yeah. we know that people know it's not okay. Mm. And, you know, having these types of protections mean that we might still experience discrimination and stigma, but people will learn that it's not okay. Mm. It's not okay. And, you know, I hope also when we, because people now, because of sex work will be decriminalised, that will also give people more confidence to speak about what they do, Mm. to be able to honestly say, and speak about their their jobs without fear of well, without fear mm. of criminal repercussions, which the pre, which um, the previous laws put people at risk of being arrested for talking about what they did, yeah. for admitting to to working um, maybe without registration or working in places that weren't weren't technically legal to work in. So this um, this will fund this. I, I, I hope and I hope that we will see that, see some really fast changes around this because we know that so many sex workers will say, what I do is easy. Telling people what I do is incredibly difficult. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what, being a transgender, I mean, this is personal experiences. Um, we The public always assume that we are already sex workers. So sometimes it's just easy for us to say just yes, even though some of the transgender women that I know who are not sex workers, they just say yes because they have friends who are sex workers. So um, so I guess it's, it makes it a lot easier now. I mean, not only for trans people, but for the, the whole community of cisgender people um, who are sex workers can actually um, be proud of who they are and, and, and be, be proud of, um, of their work. Yeah, so, um, you know, you've been doing this for a long time. We've been fighting this for a long time. Um, how did you overcome all the haters that who were actively against you? You know, I think we, <laughs> we, we stuck to the job. We stuck to the task. We did not um, lower ourselves to, to some of the really low levels that people that people went to, to criticise us, to insult us, to, uh, to vilify us. Um, we, we stood our ground and we stayed strong and we stayed proud and we stayed, I think, we stayed polite. You know? <laughs> I, I didn't lower myself yeah. to um, down to the level of some of the, you know, well, shit that people said about this yeah. um, and some of the shit that people said about me and and about people and and about Matthew and about the mm. the rest of the people who who have been part of this um, long campaign and, and about the industry. So I just don't think we lowered ourselves and we stayed strong. And we've 
I've always known that what we were doing was right. Mm. And I have, and so that, that gives you the confidence, doesn't it? Like just knowing that what you are doing is the right action. Mm. And what, so that that's how you stay strong is how you stay apart from the naysayers. Um, and it's really important to do that because when you look at the vote, the vote could have been a lot closer oh, than it was. Yeah. You know, the vote actually overwhelmingly supported this this legislation, which I think Matthew and I would both agree, you know, six months ago we probably wouldn't have been confident that mm. we would have had such strong support. We thought we probably had the numbers, but not to the degree that every single small party, um, every party in the chamber supported sex work law reform, with the exception of the Liberal Nationals and um, an independent from the Western suburbs uh, who didn't support it. Everybody, oh, I apologize, the shooters didn't support it. Mm. Um, but who cares? Uh, um, but yeah, I think, you know, we. We stuck to um, we stayed we stayed uh, uh, you know, we stayed nice. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's the best to uh, kill them with kindness, right? As they say. Mm, so um, yeah. So Matthew, you've been supporting um, Fiona for many many years, and your organization, Sex Work Law Reform Victoria, has been advocating for sex workers' rights since 2017, I believe. Um, what do you think the result would have been if you do not do this? Well, as Fiona said before, this was not a guaranteed outcome. Mm. We, there was no certainty that this bill would pass or that we would get a bill or that we would even get a review or that that review would be conducted by Fiona. So I think that what re th th this outcome happened because a lot of people kept up the pressure and it was pressure mm. it wasn't just always talking nice i mean we had to really be persistent and we had to speak to people that we wouldn't normally speak to we had to talk to people who didn't agree with us who didn't see eye to eye, eye to us with us and convince those people and when we had the haters and when we had the naysayers, I saw that as a challenge. Mm. When someone was really not on board, I just, I just thought, okay, more work. Let's just keep on going. Let's keep on trying over the years. And but we also had, Sasha, another secret weapon. Okay. A weapon who's in the room right now. We had Fiona Patton. Yeah. Because <laughs> and two, two reasons. One, she was in the parliament already, the only former sex worker to, to become an MP in this country. So when I came on board with the organisation, I thought this is a golden opportunity with Fiona there in the parliament and a progressive Labor government to actually get these reforms. But also, I could call Fiona. So if we had someone we weren't sure whether to talk to or how to talk to them, I'd say, Fiona, so-and-so, we want to engage them. What's your advice? And chances are she would know that person and she'd better tell us exactly what to say and how to engage that person. So it was a lot of really detailed work uh, with a number of sex worker rights groups, a number of individuals uh, having those conversations and just never giving up and never accepting no for an answer. Hmm. Uh, can I just, I mean, Matthew, Matthew was extraordinary and persistence, um, uh, persistence on steroids really uh, describes <laughs> the, the work of Matthew. Like, 
he did not take no for an answer. He spoke to a really broad cross-section of the parliament and he did it uh, really respectfully and it worked. And I, the number of people that, that spoke about Matthew in their contributions in the House when talking about sex work law reform, the number of people who spoke to me when I saw them in the corridors or in the coffee, you know, in the cafe or something like that, that said, oh, yes, no, Matthew's been to see me about that and, um, you know, is there any update? And, you know, I think when you, even when you when you look at the people who oppose the legislation, their, their grounds for opposing it were really minor. You know, in fact, the grounds for opposing it were, were not anything to do with the legislation. Um, they were obsessed by my my report, my review, my my the report that I wrote to the minister. Um, they actually were not that obsessed. They were a little bit worried about people maybe drinking and having sex at the same time. That seemed to obsess a couple of people. <laughs> but for the most part, um, their their objections, and I think because the the work. And, and, and Matthew's right. Look, there were, there, you know, there was lots of organisations and lots of people who were advocating. But Matthew's persistence and Matthew's knocking on doors and treading the halls of Parliament really paid off. Is 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 a teamwork, isn't it? And I believe there's also other organisations that are involved too, and um, activists and and advocates who are in this together. That's right. So you've got Scarlet, you've got Vixen, you've got Red, you've got Salome Circle, you've got um, you know, Matthew will know, be able to reel them off more quickly <laughs> than I can. You've got a whole bunch of organisations yeah. that um, uh, really you know pushed pushed this forward, and and all of them were we we were all on the same page. We might not mm. agree with each other all the time, but we were all on the same page of what this legislation had to look like and that it had to pass and that it had to pass now. Tune in to the station that gives voices to sex workers. Subscribe to 3CR. But the message was the same. We want, we all agree on the same policies, which mm. is that these criminal laws, outdated, unworkable criminal laws, yeah. weren't working, needed to go, and were making sex workers' lives less safe. Yeah, I, I, I totally agree. I mean, um, this feels... Like um, marriage equality, I've been involved so much about it. And um, there's a lot of other organizations who think like we're doing better than others. But at the end of the day, everybody is, is fighting for the same cause. And everybody is doing the same thing. It's all about wanting on the winning side. So, um, yeah, you have something to say? You know, yeah, I think that's an interesting point, Sasha. And I think just thinking about marriage equality. Hmm. So, there were, uh, it's a slight segue, but just bear with me. When we were debating voluntary assisted dying in Victoria, and we were the first state to yep. look at dying with dignity, um, the Australian Christian Lobby, which was the main opponent to voluntary assisted dying, was obsessed with marriage equality. Hmm. So they, and as you know, I mean, they ran those incredibly horrible nasty campaigns that were, mm. you know, traumatic to many of us um, and certainly, you know, for our LGBTIQ plus ally, you know, friends and, and colleagues and family, they were appalling. But they were obsessed with that and they didn't actually campaign that 
strongly on voluntary assisted dying because they were so obsessed with it. Mm. Well, when while the sex work debate was going on, they were obsessed with the religious freedom bill. Mm. And they, I remember that. I mean, they were bombarding politicians, state and federal, about the religious freedom bill. They didn't touch on sex work. They didn't touch on the decriminalisation. I don't think they sent out a single campaign on it. So, so it was interesting that that even those that would have vehemently opposed this legislation actually didn't. Mm. Um, you know, there was a few anti-sex work organisations that that sent out emails, but for the most part, um, you know, we were we were the we were the the voice, and there was there was very few naysayers out there in the ears of of my colleagues, my mem- other members of parliament. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, at BCD, we also received a few uh, hate emails as well <laughs> in the past. And you know what? I t- tend not to uh, give them any any of my time. I, I just ignore. Because you know what? There's a lot of information about sex work and sex workers online. And you can educate yourself. Education is the key. Instead of hating, you can educate yourself and understand people's, um, what they are going through. So um, they, sometimes they, they, they think uh, sex work involves sex trafficking, which is not true at all. And this is, this is why having BCD, um, we try to educate the public like sex work and sex trafficking is totally different thing. Sex trafficking is wrong. Sex work, consensual sex work is the right thing to do. You know, Sasha, and I think that's one of the beauties of, the, of repealing this bill because mm. the, the Sex Work Act um, conflated legal sex practices and sex work with illegal practices. So in the same act, it would be saying how a brothel could work legally, how what sex workers could do, and but then it would also be talking about child sexual abuse and and tra- and the exploitation through trafficking of, of other of other people. So now. You know, if it's a crime, it's now in the Crimes Act where it should be. Um, so, you know, trafficking, the, mm. the, the, the sexual assault of, 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 of young people, of children, yes. is in the Crimes Act where it belongs. And we are now in legislation that is about regulating um, our industry and us as legal workers who are providing a consensual service. Yeah, yeah. You know what? Talking about violence, this reminds me when I this is donkey years ago when I used to work um, on the street, and a couple of trans sex workers was being beaten up, and one even got raped. And um, we did contact um, uh, the sex work organization, but rape is considered a crime, so they were referred us to go to the police. But the problem is. We don't know what the police going to do to the sex workers because being sex workers on the street is already a crime. So I, I know what it means now. I mean, being decriminalized, you can actually, if that something happens to a sex worker, you can just call up the police and say, I was beaten up by a clientele, I was raped by a clientele. And I have a question. Um, <laughs> I, I'm pretty sure a lot of the listeners as well and all the sex workers who are listening do not understand uh, between these dates enactments it is uh the date that is moved to 10 may 2022 and then second enactment date first december 2023 what does that even mean um, Matthew, do you want 
Yeah, okay, sure. So this is this is the detail of the bill, which is what I love. I love the detail, Sasha. Okay. So the, the law passed last week, but it doesn't actually come, come into effect in, until a little bit later on. So the first date when the laws will actually change on the ground is the 10th of May this year. Right. which will change laws for private sex workers. The street sex work laws will change then, advertising as well as the anti-discrimination laws. Those are the main ones that will be changing on the 10th of May. Mm-hmm. And next year, on the 1st of December 2023, a second date is when the second group of changes will, will apply. And that will mostly be the licensing system and the brothel licensing-related laws for brothels and escort agencies. Yeah. So that's sort of generally the key dates and um, what will change on those dates. Mm-hmm. And as we move... Oh, sorry, go ahead, Fiona. I was going to say that 10th of May date did change a little bit. We had hoped to, to, to get this legislation through a little more quickly. Okay. And, and now, so um, that was why the 10th of May has become the, the enactment date for that first tranche of legislation. You know, we would have loved it to have been March. Yeah. However, um, you know, Parliament moves in mysterious and often very slow ways. So um, by saying this 10 of May, then we really get to have the big celebration. Okay, all right. Yeah. <laughs> all right, we should have another party. We definitely should have a okay. party on the 10th yeah. of May. Yes, we're going to pop it's some champagne for this. Yeah, for sure. You know, as we move ahead, there will be surely be people who, who encounter who will be unhappy about the decream. What message do you have for those people? I mean, there are already other laws people can rely on. There's no need to discriminate against sex workers. Let's talk about like neighbours, landlord how they don't need to be fearful of sex workers. <laughs> and there's, there's this sort of fear that somehow um, people are just going to walk out, like, walk out of their jobs and become sex workers. Mm-mm. You know, that somehow your neighbours are going to wake up one morning and go, you know what, I think I might just stand on in the suburban streets and, um, and try and solicit, you know, I'm going to be, it, it, like, it's so crazy what people think will happen. Like, they think that people have just been waiting to get out there on the streets and work as sex workers, street-based sex mm. workers. You know, they've just been waiting for the law to change. And, you know, and what I can say to most of them, I mean, A, this does not make sex work compulsory. Mm. If you don't want to be a sex worker, you don't have to be one. If you don't want to be a client of a sex worker, you don't have to be one. So that won't change. Mm. Um, nor, and, and I think the evidence shows us where we've seen decriminalisation, particularly um, if you look at New South Wales and New Zealand, where we've got good evidence of, of, you know, we can look back decades now to the impact of, that decriminalisation has had. We did not see an increase in the size of the industry. It stayed the same. Um, what what we did see was just greater protection for sex workers. And I don't know how anyone can be opposed to that. Why would you be opposed to enabling legislation that helps and supports sex workers or helps and supports anyone in the community? 
why would you want people to be working dangerously? Why would you want people to be at risk of violence? Yeah. So that's the kind of conversations that we have. And and I also talk to people when they talk about the fact that their next door neighbour is going to go down the bottom of their driveway and start soliciting. I, I'd question the business the business model for yeah. that. Yeah. Um, you know, is it a busy road? Are they going to get lots of traffic? You know, have they heard of the internet? Uh, have they heard of the ease of being able to post on the internet and invite clients? Um, so a lot of the, the arguments around this from people are preposterous, uh, uh, you know, fanciful, maybe hopeful. Maybe they're hoping that their next-door neighbour will start offering, you know, <laughs> sex for sale. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> Thank you for um, yeah clarifying that. Um, we're actually running out of time, unfortunately. Um, thank you so much, Fiona and Matthew, for coming into our show. And you know what? This is is this is good. I mean, we had a good chat and and a good explanation on what to uh, to expect um, soon with the sex work uh, decream in Victoria. Yeah, thanks, Sasha, and um, we'll see you on the tenth of May. Yes. Thanks, Sasha. Thank you. Thank you very much. That was Fiona and Matthew. Uh, we went live on the Zoom. And, um, yeah, so stay tuned for next week. I'll be on again. And, um, yeah, we have another special guest. See you next week, everyone. Have a good night. This is a replay from an episode of Behind Closed Doors. We sincerely hope you enjoy this episode as much as we have enjoyed producing it.